Hello and welcome to Topical Tea and Everything in Between, episode number four, The Joy of Food. In this episode, I'm going to be speaking to my lovely husband, Theo, about the joy of food and really understanding why food is so important to him and I guess important to so many people. This episode is going to talk about food memories, favourite foods, the joy of cooking and really get under the skin of why all of these things are so important. So I hope you really enjoy the episode. This is Topical Tea and Everything in Between, episode number four, The Joy of Food. Okay, so thank you very much, Theo, for uh, joining me on this episode. Uh, I really appreciate this. And I guess um, I, before we start, we should say that this episode was recorded about four weeks ago. Um, yes. And we had to then... Uh, redo this today because uh, my microphone broke so yes live and learn yeah we, we had a really good conversation and uh we then went to play it back and it was nothing but crackles so um really disappointing but um through much persuasion you're back at the table having a conversation with me again today um and also i think you've had to really get into the mood for this with cooking so what have you been cooking today yeah, I, um, I suppose actually at the start of the year I was doing an awful lot of cooking and then kind of couldn't be bothered for the last couple of weeks, which happens from time to time, so I did need to get in that space today. So we've got tea cakes proving at the moment, um, I made pasta for the first time ever, which was fun and turned out quite well, quite pleased with that, and we're now eating some chicken for dinner as well. Yeah. Oh, and there's going to be a chocolate cake later. So yeah. big cook up today. There's loads of cooking, and yeah. the well, the pasta. And I think also for the listener, we will be posting some pictures of this food today on Instagram, on my Instagram, on my Twitter account yeah. at Topical Tea. Um, and it, it's definitely worth a look. The pasta looks incredible. It's all made by hand and looks so professional. And the chicken looks, even though it's raw and it's only marinating, I think it's going to be delicious. So um, really excited about those. So um, I guess. Food is a major part of our relationship, yes. um, and it always has been since mm. we met 14 years ago. I think we, when I first met you and I first came to your flat, you were always cooking a chicken. Yeah. There was always food being cooked, mm. um, and then when we got together, we actually, um, I, I didn't eat very well, actually, and you introduced me to so many different foods that now our kind of food... Uh, variety is quite well, it's very varied now isn't it you know we have lots of different foods it's the power um, of nagging the power of nagging absolutely <laughs> but why you know why do you think food is so important to us um well i think probably first and foremost we both really like to eat don't we i think we, we both really enjoy it. we're both greedy people probably yeah. um so very often we're always thinking about what we're gonna what we're gonna eat with and having people over or we're going out to eat or we're cooking. So I, I think it kind of all stems from that. Uh, not everybody does. I don't think everybody does take pleasure in uh, eating food. And for me, I think it's really about um, bringing in a little bit of something different to every day. So uh, we we have our normal routine as do most people, but when we come home in the evening we have this time to sit down and eat something different um, and that I think makes the day feel a little bit more special. So lots of reasons I suppose really, the everyday um, aspects of, of trying to bring something different to our lives day after day and also that whole thing of putting food on the table and gathering our friends around and having them in our home to um, to feed them and, and, and you know socialise in that kind of way. I think that's been true for us since we've been together really yeah and, and I guess um one thing we should point out here is that whenever you talk about cooking at work or I do 
Um, I know if any of my colleagues listen to this, they'll know what I'm referring to in terms of the types of food that we eat. I think most people say, you're having that for your dinner? And we are, we do eat really well. I mean, you know, the last few weeks we've probably had a lot more risottos and pastas and things because we've felt just that's been what we've needed. Yeah. But yeah. generally, you know, you do pull some really good crackers out of the bag and we have some great food in the week which is quite rare I guess because people mm-hmm. they have families and they have children and they have yeah. lots going on they don't always have time to make lots of you know yeah, yeah, yeah. food yeah you're right a lot of people I think do still sort of um, live on convenience food don't they because they haven't got the time or the inclination to do other things and which I understand because you know it does take a lot of forethought and energy and we obviously don't have kids or, or anything to think about so uh, I suppose when you've got a busy job and then you come home and you've got to look after kids you probably don't really want to have to think about what you're going to cook um, so for us I think it's a you know it's the luxury of having the extra time and uh, being able to make something special in that time really and I, I I'm very lucky because I generally don't have to think about what we're having for dinner you know no. you do all the cooking um, it's very rare that I cook anything apart from toast or maybe some the old egg, which I have to have your direction for. Um, so I am very well fed, and I uh, I say we eat well, but this is all credit to you. Yeah, but I'm quite territorial over the kitchen as well. So I think you've you've uh, attempted a couple of times to encroach on my territory, and and I've said no. So that's yeah. my that's that's on me. <laughs> and I, and I, do, I do think that one time that we had friends around, and I decided that I would cook the main course, and it was supposed to be meatballs, and it turned into mince hash probably um, put you off it tasted good it was nice yeah no, it tasted fine. Good. well there you go it's, well it all goes down the same way doesn't absolutely. it absolutely yeah so let's go back then what was your earliest memory of food or what is your earliest memory of food um, I think there's probably there's a couple um, I think earliest memory of um, eating with people really is probably uh, I can't, can't quite remember how old I would have been probably somewhere between two and three very small um, and we had a terraced house with sort of um, lounge leading into the dining room and patio doors at the back with long curtains. And at the end of, I think at the end of every day, we'd sit down around the table, um, my older brother and myself and my mum and dad, and we'd sit down to, to dinner. My dad had been out to work and my mum stayed at home with us. And I can remember on this occasion, well, pretty much most dinners, my dad would have HP brown sauce with whatever my mum had cooked. And um, I can remember he picked up the bottle in um, this particular time and shook it up as he always did every night, but the lid wasn't on. So he threw high HP sauce all up the curtains um, behind us. So um, we, we just laughed and laughed over that. And that's vividly emblazoned in my head, I suppose. So I think that's probably my earliest memory of eating. Mm-hmm. I think my earliest memory of having something that was food related and thinking, this was something special, this was something that wasn't just uh, the daily meal, was when we moved into the house that I, um, we lived in two houses, sort of um, early one that I left when I was four, and then from four till I left home at 19, when we moved into that house, I remember, again, probably being a bit of a nuisance and getting on everybody's nerves and being in the car, and to keep me quiet, my dad gave me a scotch egg. And I'd never ever had a scotch egg before in my life, and in my head, I can I can still see it now. I think the scotch egg felt like it was about the size of my head. This <laughs> huge thing covered in sort of bright orange eighties breadcrumbs, 
Um, and again, I, I thought I've never ever had anything so delicious. I didn't know that you know the, the sausage meat and the breadcrumbs and then the egg in the middle of it. It wasn't something we'd ever had at the table. And I don't think we ever really featured in my um, my eating life at home ever after that. But I think for years afterwards, I coveted the idea of a Scotch egg. It kind of stands in your mind as yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think we've talked about food memories loads, and one of my um, my fondest uh, memories is. Uh, probably going to my nan's house when I was a kid and yeah. uh, her cooking minced beef or um, braising steak uh, yeah. with making gravy and ready to make a pie and that sparked so much joy for me mm-hmm. um, because I think it's that nostalgia of you know people that have you know been here and have passed and mm-hmm. you know so it's just things it's legacies that people leave and memories and I think whenever I you know we've cooked pie here and we've recreated yeah. that for our family for our nieces and nephews and things and um you know it's it's that legacy of I kind of a taste and I'm like oh it's just like it was when I was a kid <laughs> and um, and I remember my nan would would cut the pie and it was like there'd be my mum would be working so it'd be my brother and myself and mm-hmm. my dad and her and we'd get a quarter each and mm-hmm. it was just the pastry was just mm-hmm. amazing and I would make every last piece last and I wasn't actually a big eater when I was a kid I used to be a really slow eater and actually didn't like food that much it would take me a lot to eat my dinner but at my nan's house it was like it was the must and also the really funny thing as well you'll remember this from when we met um, the only vegetables that I would eat was marifat peas yes (laughs) and that's because the the way they tried to get me to eat veg when I was a kid was my nan to go try these peas and I'd go to you know back home and mum would cook Sunday dinner or something and I'd go I'm not eating those peas, they're not the ones that Nana has. And it was just simply because they're at my Nan's, there is something quite lovely. So all of that sparks real joy for me. So um, is there any other occasions that spark joy for me in childhood for food? Um, yeah, I, th- I, think, um, I think there's something about Nana's and food, isn't there? And I wonder if that again comes back to the time aspect because typically... Nanas have finished work and raised their families, so they have a bit more time to think about these things and, and dedicate to food than maybe busy parents do. Um, but one of my favourite memories of food with my Nana uh, was when, uh, again, probably around a similar sort of age to the others, maybe about five or six or so, I remember uh, she used to live in Southend and she came to, to collect me to take me down for a holiday. My brother was already there for some reason. I think he'd gone for a bit of a longer time and, and she came to meet me with my mum and pick me up and, and drive me to Southend to spend a few days with them there. And on the way, we stopped off at a little chef, if anybody remembers those, and um, we had a, you know, she had a cup of tea and I had whatever to drink and she treated me to American pancakes with, in fact actually I don't think they were American pancakes, I think they were crepes like French pancakes, that kind of thing, but they came with um, ice cream and maple syrup, which again I'd never had at that point and I thought maple syrup was the most delicious thing I'd ever tasted in my entire life. I have got a bit of a sweet tooth and I had even more of a sweet tooth as a child. Um, And I think ever since that point, I thought maple syrup was something really, really special. And um, I still like anything with maple syrup in it now. For me, that's still a big treat. Well, actually, I was going to say, when we had our first flat, I remember you cooking me pancakes with bacon and maple syrup. Yes. And you've probably only done that couple of times yeah. since we've been together but I remember I, I'd never had that before it's quite it is very American because when I went to New York a few years ago with my mum that was like on the menu for breakfast you know yeah, that was that. Yeah. yeah 
Um, but I remember that being quite quite special. Um, so yeah, it's that sweet, sweet, salty combination. I think isn't yeah, it? and it's just it's good Moorish food, isn't it? It's yeah. something that just makes you feel instantly happy because it's just so delicious and yeah. just so wonderful. Well, I think maple syrups are not like anything else. You can't compare maple syrup to anything else. Really, no, it's I got agree. its own texture and it's the smokiness and the sweetness of it. It's just yeah, I, I'm a big maple syrup fan. I love the maple and pecan. Like cereal, cereal. yeah. Well, I mean, and again, you can go through a whole box. Of I can go through a whole box of that. Yeah, that's quite naughty. Yeah, I can <laughs> do that. Yeah, there's a trend here. Um, <laughs> we like our food. <laughs> um, so, I guess you know, childhood, great memories of food, uh, and then 19. You mentioned this earlier. You moved out of home. Yeah. You're then single lad, fending for yourself, having to cook, and yeah. you know, the joy I guess that you get from food right now probably wasn't always there because. You know, sometimes no. when you are, you know, you're young, I guess you don't think about food in the same way. No. Um, but, you know, how did you learn to cook? Um, I think, um, I don't know if they still do this sort of thing in school, but I did learn a bit of cookery in school. You know, we did, um, I can remember cooking a tuna pasta bake in school, um, crunched up a bag of crisps and put that on top with cheese. That oh, was nice. pretty good and mm. still, a, still a special move now, yeah. I think. Um, so... Bits like that, and with my mum, my mum uh, liked to bake. She went through quite a few um, phases of baking, so making cakes, and then she got very into making bread. Um, so when we were growing up, I can remember doing things like standing in the kitchen and helping out to make um, little butterfly cakes and things like that. Um, so always did a little bit, and I think when I did leave home, I couldn't really cook too much um so my mum at that point was getting quite into pasta and I remember her sort of teaching me to make like a bit of a basic pasta sauce and cook some pasta and also how to make scrambled eggs in a microwave um which is much trickier than a stove I think because it's sort of like you have to blitz it for 10 seconds and they're beat awful it. as well well actually if you get it right they're okay but there's a knack I prefer doing it on the stove because I think it's like watch it. if you leave it too late it's like a second too long yeah they go comes... really rubbery oh yeah, yeah, yeah definitely definitely made that mistake a few times yeah um so I had kind of those things in my back pocket so that I didn't starve um but then when I left home, I think the very first week, um, I came home from my first job feeling incredibly grown up and uh, <laughs> walked into the house and I think I'd treated myself to a bottle of red wine because I was going to be the kind of person who came home and opened a bottle of red wine at the end of the day. Can't do that at all because I'm a lightweight. Um, but that was the dream. And um, I put the TV on and happened to catch, um, I think it was the f- second series of Nigella Bites with Nigella Lawson, and um, she was making a lemon risotto. I'd never ever seen a risotto before, um, but I just loved her whole um, her whole vibe, the whole vibe of the show. And I think this whole, whole idea of me being somebody who'd come home and drink wine and cook pasta and things, that whole show sort of summed it up for me. So looked at what she was making and I instantly wanted to try and recreate this lemon risotto that she was making. So, But, you know, this was the time before we really sort of had any kind of sensible access to the internet or anything like that was on it. I didn't have any of her cookbooks. So frantically tried to remember what she'd done and then the following day went out to buy the ingredients and bought brown basmati rice, <laughs> a lemon, um, some butter and some chicken stock, I think, 
uh, like I remember she put some butter in at the end of it. I knew there was rice and stock and you had to add it at a bit of time and do lots of stirring. And obviously it was all in the risotto, so there was a lemon in there somewhere. I figured that was just kind of squeezed in at the end. And I went home very excited the next day um, and started to try and cook this risotto with brown basmati rice, which is, you, you can imagine, I think you'd have to be adding stock for that for about a week before you get anywhere near anything sort of cooked uh, or edible. Um, so I was stood there starving, ladling in chicken stock into this brown basmati rice and stirring and thinking, why is it still crunchy after about an hour and a half of things? I think abandoned the whole thing. But then went out and bought the book and uh, learned how to do it properly. Yes, and that book has been... Well, first of all, I felt very sorry for you because um, you do make a mean lemon risotto. And again, I think one of our favourite dishes, we cook that We still lot. cook it now, yeah. It had didn't have such a good week. start. The Royal We cook that a yeah. lot. You cook that, mm-hmm. I eat that a lot. We eat that a lot. Um, we do. Um, but I can only imagine being you being so excited, how, thinking about how you love, much you love cooking now, going home, being grown up. <laughs> And then it's like, oh no, this doesn't work. Well, you see, this is one of the really good things that I'm sure we're going to talk a bit more about this because, you know, um, I think I love cooking because of just that sort of basic, uh, fundamental meeting a kind of physiological need that we're hungry and we need fuel. I, I love it for that um, because, you know, I, I see it as a great way to kind of care for myself and to care for other people. Um, but there's so much more about learning to cook and it, it, I think it does teach you a lot about life and you know you have to bounce back from failures you know lemon risottos don't always look or taste the way that you expect them to but you can't abandon ship and never try again you just have to Keep go going. back to the drawing board retrace your steps work out what went wrong and try again and that's a, that's a good lesson I think in the kitchen and outside the kitchen and as well and actually that, yeah well that's very true and I think also that's something that you don't do that easily with food because you've often cooked food and gone, oh, this is really shit, or this doesn't yeah. taste good. So I think sitting here saying that... I don't often say that. My you food's you normally don't, delicious. No, you don't yes. often say that. But no, no, but when you have, and I guess you're sitting there saying, that actually, you need, you need to learn from it. But I think it's not always yeah. easy. But over the years, I've seen you kind of go, oh, well, we'll try yeah. again. Or, and yeah. actually, I've seen you make a complete meal or make a major component of a meal and then go, oh, bloody hell, that's happened. And I had to start that process again. And it's like, I feel sorry for you because you're the one cooking. But I have to admit, the end result is delicious. So I'm thankful you do it. But but I think, you know, again, it's learning experiences, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, the the other thing, I suppose, is is not necessarily to chuck what's gone wrong into the bin. Sometimes it's a case of... Uh, things don't quite look the way you expect them to but actually if you pick them up and work with them you can turn them into something good anyway which again is another lesson I think that applies outside of the kitchen um, something I like to, to think about in day-to-day life too hence my mince meat mush which should have been meatballs there you go that turned into a delicious a sauce. delicious ragu yeah absolutely yeah, quite right before I even knew what a ragu we was we ate it there were all plates at the oh that's really good so um so we mentioned Nigella, and I guess we won't fangirl her too much. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, I think she is... We, we both love Nigella. You know, we watch her yeah. TV programmes, and you've got all of her books. Yeah. So we'll mention it briefly. 2016, we were extremely lucky. Yes. Um, I entered us into a competition, and we won tickets to see her and Jeanette Winterson at the Islington Assembly Hall. Yeah, that never happens, does it? That, that was, never happens. That was amazing. The, the bit I loved about that week, though, which is so funny, and, <laughs> uh, is I'm sitting at work in my... In my uh, on my desk and the phone goes and you're really excited and you go oh my goodness there's been a Christmas miracle <laughs> and I think 
oh my god, we've won the lottery or something like that's happening. You're like, we've won the Nigella ticket. Yeah, but I actually think it was even better. We got so excited and, you know, just going to meet Nigella. And I'll never forget when the car pulled up. We were waiting outside in the rain. The car pulled up and she got out. This beautiful lady got out of the car and just said, oh my goodness, it's raining. You know, hello everyone, because we were waiting to go into the assembly hall. And you just froze, and you were like, oh my god, there she is, it's Nigella. I was completely starstruck. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I think that's, I think having heard how much you love food, and you know, um, how much joy you get from it, and for someone, I mean really she did teach you to cook, I think. Yeah. So I, I can understand mm. why you would feel that way. So what was that experience like, meeting her? Oh, well, I, th- I think it was just a, an amazing day. I think that's um, going to be one of those days that I'll never ever forget. And I think right from the fact that um, we only found out we were going a couple of days before and it happened yeah. in such an unexpected way because when you entered me into that competition, it didn't even cross my mind that we would win. It took me about three reads of the email to actually understood, understand that I had won, I think, at that point. And then, you know, it was so close to Christmas and I think Festive. I love Christmas, as you know. Mm-hmm. And I think everything I like about food and cooking, I think, is particularly heightened about that time of year, you know, the... the taking the time and trouble to do something special for the people that you love and care about and having all the family around and um, the lights and the coziness in the house and all that sort of stuff like that. So it was a very cozy, cozy day, you know, it was travelling down on the train and... Um, London that. was beautiful that day. It wasn't was amazing, it? wasn't it, in, in Islington. It was so pretty and all the lights were out and we went for a really nice... I can't even remember what we ate, but it was some sort of Italianish bistro somewhere around there wasn't it I yeah think. Was it I think so I think so something like that so we had some food and yeah I, I think um, I definitely was a bit starstruck because you're right you know this this uh, person really has been in my lounge for gosh um, 20 years nearly 20 years now um, and you know if I ever feel a little bit kind of uh, tired or fed up or anything like that then watching uh cookery shows particularly hers is one of the things I do to sort of relax myself so um, it was a bit it was a bit strange to meet her in the flesh but of course she was lovely and we were very lucky because it was such a small event there was only about 30 people queuing up to meet her so we had a a really good chat with her and she recommended that we try jarred chickpeas because they'd change her life which we thought was brilliant didn't we still haven't done that we still haven't done that but but I think what we were really lucky was that the assembly hall was full there must have been a couple of thousand people yeah but because it was raining we went to the front we were yeah. still undercover yeah. we got front row I mean there was no allocated seats so we yeah. were there and we got to ask her a question and drink the mulled wine drink the mulled wine but I think the best moment actually was and was really really lovely and I think I like to think she was a little bit touched by it, was when you actually took your original How To Eat book yeah. and she signed that because I think everyone had been buying these Christmas books and these yeah. other books that she was selling at the, the event to get signed and this book, I mean, you know, maybe I'll put a picture of it on Instagram as well, has gravy stains, it has... It's got loved. It's mm-hmm. got watermarks, everything, but it's it was just... She looked at that and said, wow, this is my original book. And yeah. it, for her, that must be full circle as well because that's where she started out. Now she's at this amazing event talking about you know food and Christmas and interviewing someone else you know she's really come a long way from that original moment yeah so, true yeah absolutely um, so no that was a I think that was probably a highlight in our food journey really wasn't it absolutely so um we host a great deal we we, we do we have a very full diary this weekend we're very lucky although we went out for lunch yesterday yeah we've got a clear uh, so nice. diary um for people coming to us but um we cook lots of meals and you know, we always have friends and family over. What do you think is the special connection between food and people? 
because for me they kind of go mm. hand in hand but I think there is something quite special about it and I wondered what you thought that was yeah you're right I guess it's um, I, I suppose it's again the fact that cooking kind of works on those two levels I guess really and, and I think both are really important that actually we can't go very long without eating you know really it's basic physiological need isn't it we, we need fuel to uh, keep going and to rebuild our bodies and that kind of thing so so there's you know for most of us and unless you know we're finding eating difficult for some reason or another then um, you know the day is punctuated by these opportunities to sit down hopefully and, and have something to eat um, so you know I, I guess it I like to think it's sort of one of the early things that we probably did as, as humans is is you know, find a way to put food on the table and cook it so that it was safe to eat and, and eat it together. Um, and I guess probably we are sort of tribal kind of beings. So really this this whole idea of gathering around food is probably age old for us. That's what I think anyway. That's not backed up by any um, basis in history that I know of. That's just my, my opinion, I suppose. Um, but I think on top of that as well, there's such a lot for most of us, for a lot of us anyway, I think there's a lot of emotional weight um, attached to food um, I think of course you know sometimes that people can have a very unhealthy relationship but for most of us if we're lucky I think food's very tied up with our relationships uh, early on you know with our parents with our mums and our um, and like our grandparents as we've mentioned so I think you know for certainly for you and I and for a lot of the people I know there is that sense of uh, maybe you know going home to a safe place and sitting down and having some food and feeling like everything's right in the world um, and I and I think that's probably one of the reasons food's so important to me these mm -hmm. days as well is that you know the world can feel a little bit crazy at times and um, certainly there's been so much change in the last 15 years I think it's really nice to just return to some of those more basic values of um, enjoying creating and eating a meal and sharing it with other people you know I mean we again I'm not really saying anything new here but this whole thing that everybody comments on around people walking around and looking at their phones rather than looking at each other I think what I like about sharing a meal with people is that hopefully that's the opportunity people put the phones down and, and talk and engage with each other it's a nice way to try and create those moments still I think, I think that's a really lovely thing and I think that does happen when people come here mm. for for dinner Mm. Um, and we, we have to mention we have to mention uh, our niece and nephew who yeah. come here and our nephew um, so you'll know on the, the last podcast Love is Love um, you know Albert and David are, are George's uncles as well as we are yeah. and um, when I told him about the two podcasts he said look people care about gay rights no one cares about food yeah. so <laughs> why are you bothering doing this podcast but he does love your food and when when Grace and George come here and they have they have lunch and you know that they they are of the era where they have iPhones their yeah. technology they're talking about you know their phones and what they're doing on them and you know um, and when we have dinner all that does kind of stop when we all sit at the table that is forgotten about and actually you do then have that conversation around I don't know what you've been up to how's school yeah. have you heard that new song yeah. do you like this you know and, and it's not yeah. just with them it's with our parents it's with yeah. friends you yeah. know we all my family your family yeah yeah every, everyone really has a life that's so busy and is so far, fast paced but actually mm -hmm. when you sit down and you have a lovely meal 
and you just have a general conversation. That is the time. I don't know. It, it almost forces you to speak because mm. when you you know if you invite six people around for lunch and you cook a really lovely meal and then everyone sits in silence, it's a bit kind of strange. It's not great, yeah. So the fact that everyone then has to talk and has to make conversation, has to ask you questions, or you have to ask them, it kind of almost brings about that human contact that maybe we lack yeah. sometimes and so I think that's a really good point that you make yeah and I, I guess it sort of it bridges gaps doesn't it you're right because um, you know um, I think these days obviously approaching the end of my 30s I suddenly become really aware of um, how different uh, my reference points were growing up to maybe as you say like our nieces and nephews are you know when they talk about some things I, you know, need them to explain it to me because yeah. it's stuff that I haven't heard of or come across, and it's quite weird when that suddenly creeps up and it happens. Um, but everybody gets food, so it's a it's a bit of a leveler, you know. Um, so if you've got grandparents around the table, or you've got um, kids around the table, or you've got our generation of grandparents, or what have you, yeah. you know, um, then there's commonality through food, I think. And that's I think that's really nice as well. The um, having the different generations. So like this Christmas, we had your grandparents, yeah, uh, your mum. We had our new niece, yeah. your brother. Four generations around the table. All on the table, mm. which was just wonderful. And yeah. the next day we then had my family. Yeah. And, you know, it's lovely being in a situation where we can, we have got the room to host. And, mm. um, you know, the people that have worked really hard and provided great meals for us in the past and cooked for us, you yeah. can then give that back and say, yeah. you know, let, let us take care of Christmas or this event or whatever. And bring that joy to them through the medium of food. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Share the things that they taught us. Yeah, definitely. So, um, what would you say is your favourite dish to cook? Um, it's tricky, but I th- you mentioned it at the at the start of the podcast. I think the thing I've cooked most over the years, um, and the thing that is probably my go-to comfort food, is probably a roast chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't always feel up to cooking. I mean, a, you know, a lot of the time I do, and. But as I mentioned, all of a sudden over the last couple of weeks, I went through a little bit of a lull where I just wasn't really that into it. But whatever's going on, I can always feel like cooking and eating a roast chicken, I think. So, yeah, that's probably my favourite. I think the thing about it is is it, there's not much involved, really. You know, it's quite easy to do it. Um, but when it comes out of the oven, it feels like something special. It's out of the ordinary. It feels celebratory. It smells really good. It's probably one of my favourite smells, having a chicken mm-hmm. cooking in the house. I don't think... Um, you know, it feels like we've settled into a place when we've moved until we've cooked a roast chicken in it. Um, I think roast chicken as well, that's another one of my nana's memories. Oh, not my nana's memories, sorry, my memory of my nana. Um, we had a running joke for a long time in the family that whenever nana came to visit, she always came with an entire cooked chicken in the back of her car and I can see it like on one of her plates covered in cream film <laughs> and that would be something she'd bring to stick in the fridge as a sort of thanks for having me thing amongst loads of other gifts and fistfuls of cash and all the other things that she did um, and I remember you know that again I think stuck out for me I was like it's, it would be pretty cool to be the kind of person who turned up and gave someone a roast chicken brings a chicken um, yeah yeah so I think that's kind of the kind of person that I I aspire to be. <laughs> Do you remember when you made that lovely ham for Christmas and I put it in the car but dropped it on the floor? Yeah. Oh, see, we have tried yeah. to do, we have tried to recreate these moments. Yeah. But unfortunately, 
this is why I can't be allowed near the kitchen or food. <laughs> yeah, and you see, it's another thing. Food teaches you forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were, you were pretty pissed off that day. You were like, I think it took you ages to make that. Um, so that's, re- that's really good. That's a really nice thing. Uh, and I guess chicken, um, I think just to go back to, as well, I think there's... You've cooked loads of different meals. Mm. and But there are two things that really stand out for me. And one of them will really kind of... I want to go way back now. It's like mm-hmm. 2007. Mm-hmm. I think it was my 23rd birthday. And we were living in a little village. We'd moved to this little village. And you made me... And I'd always give it the wrong name, but you made me pork chops. And you did like this... I call it like a bread sauce. And it yeah. really wasn't a bread sauce. But yeah. it had like bacon and onion and... Like I can't remember what it was, yeah. but I remember that being one of the moments where, I don't know, I just remember you becoming, like, I remember thinking, wow, he can really cook. Mm. Like, you, I knew you could cook before that, when I mean, you would have friends around, you'd done lovely roast dinners and things, yeah. but um, I remember eating that thinking, wow, this is just, like, so creative, and then I think the next night we had a party for my friends, and you made, like, fried chicken from scratch, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like... You were pulling all the big guns out for this kind of... I was having a, an American Deep South phase at the moment at that point, um, I think. You were, yeah. <laughs> we haven't had fried chicken for a while, so we should do that again. Yeah, okay. But yeah, so that pork chop mm. recipe, which we haven't had for, wow, 12 years. Yeah, yeah. But we need to try that again, maybe. Okay. Yeah, and also we'll roast chickens. Again, because when I first met you, I can still see you in your red hoodie with your blonde highlights, <laughs> cooking <laughs> a chicken in your little mm. flat, and you saying... Do you want to stay for chicken? And I'd be really polite, going, oh, no, no, thank you, I've already eaten. And because I didn't want to stay and make a nuisance of myself. And actually, it was just a constant invitation to invite me for dinner. I was trying to lure you in with I know, you. and mm. you did You did eventually lure me in with the chicken. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, and now, you you know, we have that so much. But also, what I love from back in the day, um, you used to do chicken with rosemary, um all the time and lemon oh yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. you'd put all the potatoes around it and yeah. that, you did like really simple roast yeah and those potatoes were just and I remember you cooking for my parents and you know you being quite new to the family <laughs> and stuff and I remember my dad loves roast potatoes and I remember him going wow these are really really amazing <laughs> I think he kind of and, it, and actually even now you cook things like the other week or the other month when you did that salad Oh, oh yeah, great salad. Yeah, yeah. And my mum was yeah. like, I never think of doing this with my dinners. And it was just like, you know, it was this amazing, amazing salad thing that you could to go with the roast. And I think actually you can just keep re- recreating the chicken's not the staple mark, but the stuff yeah. that goes with it, you can yeah. just keep it's the, you know, yeah. it works, doesn't it? It does. That's the great thing about it. It's endlessly adaptable and you can do so much with it. Yeah. If you, you roast a chicken, you can uh, have it as a, a roast with the normal kind of trimmings or you can strip it and put it in a pie or you can make sandwiches out of it. Oh, keep chicken the carcass. Pie. Yeah. And, you know, how many times I've made stock with the carcass, that's another one of my favourite smells in the kitchen and then you're halfway towards a soup or a risotto. So there's a lot you can do with a chicken. Yeah. We have a freezer um, which has a few drawers full of chicken carcasses. Yeah. It does look a bit odd for the, the observer, but it's they it does make quite a good stock. It does. <laughs> it's very good. So is there any is there a recipe that you think, wow, I really wish I'd have invented that? Is there like a go to that you think, wow, this is just incredible. Why is this not my recipe? Um is there a recipe I wish I'd made. Um I wish I'd invented cake. It would be quite good to be the person who made cake. <laughs> yeah, or cake. Um, or, or cake, really. I mean, cake makes people happy, doesn't it? I think if you were the person who came up with cake and figured out how to do that, 
Uh, that always blows my mind a bit. I mean, who who figured who out that it? you could kind of put flour and eggs and butter and other bits and bobs together and it would come out a cake? How did how did we work that out? What's your favourite cake to make? Um. Well, again, another another Nana memory. My Nana makes a very good date and walnut oh, loaf. Yes. Yeah, yes. her legendary date and walnut loaf. Um, I like a Victoria sponge. I do love a chocolate cake. I'm going to make a chocolate cake this afternoon. I do really love a flourless chocolate cake, actually. That's another um, another memory. We had a, a neighbour when I was growing up. A um, bit of a scary old guy who'd come from South Africa. His wife was lovely. He was a bit terrifying. Um, but they used to have... Um, parties with the friends who other friends who sort of immigrated from South Africa so they'd all kind of periodically gather around the houses and although he was a, a miserable terrifying old man he was an amazing cook and he'd cooked these huge again huge in my memory maybe not I don't know huge huge truffle torts and flourless chocolate cakes um, very very dark bitter chocolate with rum in and things like that and I can't I can only have been about 12 or so um, and great big plates of meringues with whipped cream as well in them and I ate so many meringues and I ate loads of that flourless chocolate cake and I love flourless chocolate cake ever since then I think it's something really a little bit special yeah so maybe, I'd, maybe I wish I'd made a, a flourless chocolate cake let's okay. say that that's good I, I remember you making a really lovely Victoria sponge and I'm sure well, there's been a couple so no okay no, there's a couple of cakes that, there's one that you haven't cooked for ages and it was the um, the caramel Oh, the caramel cake. Yeah, caramel that was cake. the deep south phrase oh, as well. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That was incredible. And I remember my birthday, 2007, taking in... Or 2008, taking in a caramel cake, a oh, date on one not loaf. You made three. Yeah. A date on one not loaf, a caramel cake, and something else. And I remember uh, a guy I worked there called Dave going, Oh, Andrew, that date on one not loaf was exquisite. <laughs> <laughs> he absolutely loved it. And it, everyone on the team, because I kind of saved them for the team, and then everyone was kind of looking over going, Wow, those cakes are really good. And I said, Does anyone else want a cake? And everyone like shot over and got them. But yeah, that was a really good cake. And you also made a Victoria sponge once, which had, um, oh, I'm sure it had like orange glaze on it, or like you dribbled it was, orange um, over it. It was raspberry jam and an orange buttercream. That's yeah. the one you're thinking of. That's the Sophie Dahl cake. Yes, that was really good. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say that I took up running last year, and one of the main reasons I took up running is because we do like our food. We do. I, you're a lot more leaner than I am. Um, and as I'm in my 30s now, it's getting a lot more difficult to, to shift. shift these mm. items. So, for instance, when you made a tray of chocolate brownies last week after watching the Great Bridge Bake Off, mm-hmm. um, and we've had one every night this week. <laughs> it's been a good week. <laughs> it's been a good week. Um, you know, I kind of need to run to make sure that I can do that, A, for the heart, but also for the tummy, because, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's good food. Well, you know, I, I think... Another thing I suppose I've taken from food and, you know, definitely Nigella's talked a lot about this over over the years, I think, is that um, a a lot of enjoyment with food is about um, finding moments to enjoy yourself in the day-to-day and taking pleasure in life and engaging with life, I think. So I think it's a much better attitude to eat what you want and enjoy food. Um, and then go and do some exercise to keep yourself in shape Take rather than me. starving yourself or <laughs> I agree. Um, cutting food groups out or things like that. It's just my personal opinion, I suppose, again, or rather how I'd, how I'd prefer to live. Anyway. Because things are so delicious. And if you kind of... And also, I agree, because if you then say, I'm not going to have any chocolate or I'm not going to have any cake, you then want to, you, want you crave it. Cake, yeah. So, um, and as Nigella says, sorry, fat is moisturiser from the inside. Exactly. Which I think is... 
well, well, well advocated and something we should definitely live our lives by. Agreed. Um, okay, and I guess finally, you, you mentioned this earlier, but what is for dinner tonight? Well, um, tonight we are going to have chicken with fennel and a bitter orange marinade. And we're going to have that with peas and uh, little gem lettuces cooked in a cream sauce and baked potatoes and then for dessert some chocolate cake amazing and, and what have you just made you've just made tea cakes tea cakes before yeah so it's yeah. time to find so out to fill this in <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for talking with me today I know that um, this wasn't something you were desperate to do but um, I do really think you're an amazing cook and thanks this is something that I really wanted in the podcast because um, I think food is, is an important topic and something that as I said in the intro, we all resonate with, we all have our different memories of it, we all enjoy it in different ways, and um, you have made me love food so much, so um, so thank you very much. Oh, well thank you for being there to, to share it with thank me, you. because I wouldn't, I wouldn't probably cook if I didn't have someone to cook for. Well I'm so pleased I was finally able to record that with Theo and uh, second time lucky as they say. Uh, thank you so much for listening, I hope you really enjoyed the episode, uh, it was great to have a conversation with Theo today about something, well something we talk about all the time to be honest, um, And but to be able to get that down on, on a podcast episode and share that with listeners is, is really special so um, I hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to post some photographs of our food or some of the food we've talked about which we're having today on Instagram and Twitter so um, check those out and if you're not following me on Instagram um, I'm at Topical Tea Podcast and on Twitter I'm at, at Topical Tea uh, please follow me, share the podcast um, you know uh, give some feedback if you've got any and if you have any ideas around future podcasts I'll be really keen to hear from you as well uh, this is um, kind of uh, the last episode of what I've got planned at the moment so I need to get my thinking cap on about uh new new episodes and I've had a few ideas and suggestions made already but I'd be really keen to um to know if there's anything that anyone out there would like to hear so thank you so much once again for listening and I hope you enjoyed the episode have a great day <laughs>